This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, April 4th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. President Obama is asking the Supreme Court to uphold his health care law because to do otherwise would be unprecedented and a gross exercise in what he calls judicial activism. Robert McNamara is an attorney at the Institute for Justice. He says the president's claims are nonsense and that judicial activism is a meaningless term. President Obama has used the term judicial activism to describe uh, what the Supreme Court would be doing were it to overturn, I think, basically any part of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. He says that uh, it's not just my opinion that the law is constitutional. It's the opinion of a whole lot of constitutional law professors and academics and judges and lawyers who have examined this law, even if they are not particularly sympathetic to this particular piece of legislation or uh, my presidency. So uh, when he when he uses the term judicial activism, what does he mean? And how do conservatives use the term judicial activism? Clearly, he's, he's trying to bait conservatives in some way. It seems like President Obama means the same thing when he says judicial activism that conservatives mean when they say judicial activism. And that is basically a decision I personally disagree with. Judicial activism is is no longer a term of debate. It is at best an insult. It's a conclusion. It says a decision that I disagree with. Instead of talking about judicial activism, which is really a meaningless phrase, we should be talking about whether the court got it right. We should be talking about whether a decision is correct or incorrect and whether the judges properly engaged, whether they were engaged with the facts of the case, trying to figure out what the government was actually doing and what was really going on in the case, whether they engaged with the law and with the text of the Constitution. Those are meaningful questions you can actually have a debate about. Judicial activism is not. And facts differ among cases and you can't immediately say that – the basis on which uh, a panel of judges made a decision about a law uh, rises to that level without actually examining those facts. Exactly. I'm always shocked when a court opinion comes out and it's immediately denounced either by the left or the right as judicial activism within minutes before anyone could have possibly read the decision. In order to tell whether a court decision is right or wrong, you need to know on what basis the court made its decision. You need to know whether the court accurately described the facts as they exist. You can't know that until you know what the court decided and what it based its decision on. If the Supreme Court were to overturn some portion of the Affordable Care Act, the president describes that as unprecedented uh, because this was a law that was passed uh, by Congress and a duly elected Congress. how do you – what do you make sense of, of that statement? As, as near as I can tell, that statement is, is nonsense. Uh, everything the Supreme Court strikes down is a duly enacted law. It was passed by either a majority of Congress or a majority of whatever legislature created that law. That's how it gets in front of the court in the first place. It's certainly not unprecedented for a court to strike down a law that was duly passed. That's what the court is there for. I mean surely the court should also strike down laws that weren't actually passed, although clearly it should do those for different reasons. Uh, But it's simply wrong to say that it's unprecedented for a court to strike down a law simply because it was passed by a democratic majority. Uh, In this country, we don't rely on democratic majorities to set their own rules and we don't allow politicians to be the judge of how far their own power extends any more than parents would allow a four-year-old to be the judge of how many cookies they should be allowed to eat. How often does the Supreme Court engage in tossing out federal or state laws or throwing out particular interpretations uh, of those laws? Amazingly rarely. 
If you look at the total number of laws out there, at the number of laws passed by the federal government, laws passed by the states, rules promulgated by administrative agencies, the times when the Supreme Court actually steps in and says no and draws a line in the sand are almost zero. It's about two-thirds of one percent of all federal laws are eventually thrown out by the United States Supreme Court. Reading things in the media and hearing politicians complain about how the Supreme Court is engaged in all this activism and tying their hands, it's shocking to look at how rarely the court actually intercedes, how few instances there are when anyone tells a politician no. And I think it's telling that even though there are relatively few instances of that, politicians flip out whenever it happens. And you can understand why. Politicians don't like to be told no. They don't like to be told that their power isn't infinite. Uh, and in a recent study published by IJ's Center for Judicial Engagement, we actually crunched the numbers on how frequently the Supreme Court throws out federal laws, state laws, and federal administrative rules. Uh, and in all cases, it is almost a rounding error. It barely ever happens. Again, two-thirds of 1% of federal laws, about half of 1% of federal agency rules. Uh, it's incredibly rare. And one of two things is true. Either politicians are incredibly good at passing constitutional laws, uh, and we should be very grateful that it's almost never necessary for the court to strike in, or the courts are relatively rarely interceding to protect individual rights from overweening government. I mentioned earlier that uh, President Obama is clearly trying to bait uh, conservatives, right-wingers, uh, by using the term, invoking the term judicial activism here. Uh, why is he using that term? And uh, how long has this term been around uh, among conservatives? I assume the reason the president thinks he can get away with invoking the name-calling term judicial activism is that many conservatives have spent the past several decades using exactly that term as part of a sustained attack on the legitimacy of the courts uh, and an assault on the whole idea of judicial review. And I think what conservatives are now seeing is that it's a tremendously bad idea to attack the legitimacy of the courts because democratic power will change hands and the point of an independent judiciary is to ensure that no democratic majority, whether it's a conservative majority or a liberal majority, gets to wield unchecked power. And I think what we're seeing now is the outcome of that decades-long assault on the independence and the power of the judiciary. IJ filed a brief uh, in the Affordable Care Act case, the Obamacare case, and it was quite a bit different from most of the other briefs, or the subject matter of most of the other briefs. Tell us about that. Well, the central insight of IJ's brief in this case is that Congress has been given the power to regulate interstate commerce. And if you look historically at what commerce meant, commerce was governed by the law of contracts. Obviously enough, when people engaged in commerce, they did so by entering into contracts. And historically, at common law, the centerpiece of the doctrine of contract law is the idea of voluntariness, is the idea of consent, that a contract was necessarily invalid if someone had been coerced into entering into it. And that means, almost by definition, that it's impossible to call something commerce if someone has been forced into entering it by, say, threat of paying a hefty fine. And I think that insight into the historical meaning of commerce and that insight about the commonly accepted common law doctrine of contract law gives us a lot of insight into whether Congress has the power to compel private citizens to enter into a contract with other private citizens. Robert McNamara is an attorney at the Institute for Justice. You can learn more about the myth of so-called judicial activism at our website, cato.org.